welcome back to the pod, guys. It's Austin and Sam's back. Hey, it's awesome. You're not dead. Yeah, man. I hate and, it. And uh, it's 2021. We took like a week off, um, you know, to kind of just catch my breath, and uh, it's just the holidays. You know, you like to spend time with family. You know, um, and dude, so much, so much going on. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. psyched. You're back. You're not dead. Um, right. You're you're done with surgeries. You're, yeah. So th- three surgeries in one year. That's uh, uh, almost died twice. In that's it. Tw- only <laughs> yeah, twice. Only twice. Uh, but dude, I fucking made it. <laughs> that's pretty huge. Yeah, I know. Pretty, I mean, the last time you were yeah. on, I know you had you were still like you were mid surgeries. You were between I think two right, and three. Right. And right. Stuff was getting all sorts of messed up for you and but it's awesome you're yeah. back and um well the capital got rioted on and um <laughs> by buffalo man and oh yeah uh, uh, by the duck dynasty and guys duck and somebody in a guys. chewbacca bikini um that was probably the best meme about that uh <laughs> that i saw but in 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 all seriousness oh, um it kind of sucks like i was happy that the protesting was happening because right. i I don't know about you, but I, I don't necessarily believe there's been a hundred percent transparency in the election. You know, I don't think there's ever transparency when it comes to, uh, the government. Yeah. And so, I mean, so, so I was, like I said, I was happy to see the protesting. Um, I was almost happy to hear that they overran the barricades until I realized the extent that things kind of got, um, you know, I, I never thought we would see that day right? yeah. in American history. It's, it's right. our Capitol building. Right. Uh, it's our our the, our legislature. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And on one hand, I see where it makes a powerful statement. On the other hand, though, I think that there's some lines that if you're trying to preserve your uh, I don't know, like moral standing, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I've I'll I'll say like I've I bashed the the BLM protests up and down right. because of all the destruction and violence mm-hmm. like uh, and looting. Yeah, all uh, everything that came with it that rioting. distracts from the original point you're trying to make, and that's exactly what happened. For in in my eyes, um, there was what started off as a peaceful rally, mm-hmm. and then it got crazy, and people pretty much sacked the Capitol building. Yeah. Yep, and uh, they were saying on the news this is the first time since the British uh, burned down the White House, yeah. and I, I, you know, I don't know uh, what year, uh, but personally, I'm I'm embarrassed. Yeah, there's oh, yeah. there's a level of you know, and, and that's the thing. I was talking with somebody, a coworker, right at work, um, and um, it sucks because this is you know, growing up watching the news while you're eating dinner as a kid or whatever, you mm-hmm. see, oh, whatever's going on in Kosovo. I know Kosovo was a big deal when it was going mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. and you know, like, and I just remember that feeling as a kid, like I that's not gonna happen. That doesn't happen here because we're in the United States, and the United States doesn't. We don't. This is home. We don't have those issues. Right. And now, I mean, granted, we're not like literally blowing stuff up, and it's not exactly not, a war dude, zone not yet, yet. But um, I hope it doesn't degenerate to that. Uh, I would hope not, but um, you know, right now it looks like things are headed to get worse. Yeah. Before they get better, and it doesn't bring me joy to say that. Well, and unfortunately, the focus, uh, you know, and I've I've kind of removed myself from social media lately trying to like just maintain positive outlooks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this a lot before we, the recording here. Um, but, but all I see is, Oh, how come the tear gas wasn't used? How come the riders weren't shot with rubber bullets? How come this, how come that? And it's like, okay, well you can't, you can't 
protest and complain and crab and bitch and whatever uh, about police brutality and everything, um, you know, uh, and then when it when it gets to the point where they don't do those kinds of things anymore, well, it's not for my party or my argument or it's not convenient anymore, so let's just call it racist. Mm, right. And in all fairness, someone did get shot. Yeah. Uh, uh, from my understanding, uh, a white uh, female. Yeah, Air, a, Air Force veteran. Yeah. A uh, Caucasian female got got shot as they were... It, in the video, it looked like they were trying to smash through a, a, a door with some some. I think glass. it was into like the Senate floor or the, the House floor. They were trying to come through I, a doorway or something. I don't know the exact location in the building, but they had already breached the building. Yeah. And they were, and you can hear people in the video say, smash it down. As the window breaks, I'm not sure if the window broke because of the bullet or if this, uh, this woman broke the glass herself. I couldn't tell. But she ended up getting shot. Um, and, and she died. Now I'm going to sound probably cold and heartless to some, but if, if you are of the mindset that you want to breach the Capitol building violently, expect uh, a violent action in return. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I think, um, people maybe need to, to understand it's the, the lens you need to look at this through, right? Mm -hmm. That's I like that term, you know, look at it through this lens. Right. Um, because, uh, like we were just saying, the counter argument to all this is, well, these other protests just didn't happen. Well, um, you know, it wasn't just a slaughtering of innocents by law enforcement in other instances. You know, uh, we have a good friend of ours who's uh, in law enforcement mm-hmm. who pointed out Several pretty, pretty directly yeah. that, um, you know, hey, if you shoot at police officers, there's there's been fatalities from the other riots. If you, sh- if you open fire at police or uh, National Guard in some instances... Mm-hmm. Um, show me a country in the world where you're going to shoot at a a soldier or, or a police officer and not, and not get, shot, get back. shot back. Yeah. Um, I don't know what world you're living in. Everyone has the right to self-defense, man. Yeah, especially uh, you know in a in in essence, it's not it's it's a, it's a war zone, right? You got mm-hmm. um, stuff on fire. You got possibly explosions. Obviously, gunshots are being exchanged. People everywhere, so you don't know. Um, there's a lot of variables, and I. I obviously, I, I don't know what that's like to deal with, but I mean, I'm sure from a sensory level, there's a lot going on. Like you're not going to stop and say, Hey, wait a minute. Maybe we should rethink this. You're going to just, you're going to act as you're trained. You're going to do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's how it works. So I, I will, I'll say that the loss of life is uh, regrettable. It's unfortunate. I don't, yeah. um, I wish it didn't happen, but I don't for any minute think that what happened was necessarily wrong. You know, mm-hmm. no, I think that and, it was justified. And I'm, not, I'm not going to uh, attempt to uh, make her image into that, which I don't believe it is. I don't think she was some glory. I mean, maybe she was a patriot to some. Um, but if you what, what's, uh, play stupid games, win super prizes, pretty yeah. much is what I'm getting yeah. at. I mean, you, you kind of you have to know when you're stepping into those situations what you're you're risking, the, yeah. the chances you're taking. So it's, um, and I think the protesting is still kind of going on. Obviously, that was a big focal point yesterday, uh, but I've I've kind of gotten away from it. I, I try to put some distance and some perspective on it. And, um, you know, I set up and down throughout the year. I didn't think Joe Biden was going to win. Uh, I didn't think so either. I, I thought uh, Trump was going to take it, but I, whatever. Uh, 
unfortunately. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to raid the Capitol building over no, it. No, no, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> take the L and try again <laughs> take in four the, years. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and we lost the Senate. You know, it looks like both uh, that, races in Georgia. Yeah, um, that hurts. Well, I think yeah. the, the biggest thing with that is that um, for a lot of gun owners, right? The, yeah, the gun exactly. control push is gonna is gonna come pretty swiftly. I, expect thirty round mags to be gone. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, at least Soon. until another administration comes in. Um, I did see that there was one Democratic uh, senator or House representative member from Georgia that left the Democratic Party and joined the Republican Party within oh, the last couple I days. Oh, something about that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to make any difference. Um, I know we have a fairly conservative-leaning Supreme Court, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping mm-hmm. that we can just preserve the two-way rights, you know, as they are, um, at least yeah. for I, now. We're not going to gain ground. That, no. That's for damn sure. Um, no, definitely not. And unfortunately, you know, when the Obama administration came in, gun sales skyrocketed because mm-hmm. of the fear of gun control. Um, but we had the Senate, right? As Republicans mm-hmm. had the Senate during that, there wasn't the ability to push through a lot of gun legislation, whereas now the Democrats uh, have the, the House, House, Senate, Senate presidency. and the presidency, right? And the last time this happened was uh, the Clinton administration where they put in that 10-year ban on mm-hmm. assault, uh, quote-unquote, assault weapons. Right, right. So um, we'll see what happens, you know. Um, uh, it, there's a lot going on, that's, that's for sure, but... Uh, I know prior to yesterday's uh, happenings, we were mm-hmm. talking about this episode and doing some uh, discussion on, on shooting science yes. and then really going about business as usual. So, um, I, I mean, what are we going to do that's going to change what's going on right now? So, uh, for me, it's just, like I said, you know, business as usual and try and get on track here. But uh, talking about the fundamentals, the mechanics, the learning and everything, you know, like really behind shooting. Mm-hmm. Um and I think everybody learns a different way. So finding different outlets, different um, mediums, probably for how you can absorb information is good for everyone. Whether you're somebody like, uh, I wish I was one of those people that could just read something and understand it. Right. Unfortunately, I have to kind of do it. Um, but I, I do still try to grow where I can. So I, I picked up a book. Uh, it's called Building Shooters by Dustin Solomon. Uh, it was actually recommended in a video I saw on YouTube by... Um, Will uh, Petty from mm-hmm. Centrifuge Training or Centrifuge Tactical. He does a lot of training with uh, like vehicle CQBs, a former law enforcement guy. He's really big on like numbers and statistics and using like a really logical approach, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of how I look at a lot of things. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll, I'll give this a read and and I'll see what it's about. And I will say it, it's pretty dry. Like you really got to mm-hmm. commit to getting through this thing. Um, but it does raise a lot of really good points. Um, about using neuroscience, how the brain functions, right, to to discuss uh, and how to, like, understand how to build shooting skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was really interesting, um, you know, talking about how you utilize your, how to best utilize your natural abilities uh, to work within your own personal skills and limitations, because um, it's different for everyone, um, and but how to look at that the appropriate way and, and really advance what you're doing. Um you know, and we, we spent time together, uh, you know, in high school and afterwards doing uh, music mm-hmm. performance. Uh, and I started seeing, like, a lot of similarities. Yes, yes, yeah, um, And, you know, how they break stuff down, the why. And, and all of a sudden, everything kind of starts drawing a lot of parallels. Um, you know, we, we were talking about it before. You know, like, the, the hour you would spend working on, like, three... It, it's two bars of music or three bars of music, but mm-hmm. it's like about one to two seconds of actual performed, yep. you know, music. Yep. And, um, 
you know, at the time you're like, why am I being punished? This yeah. is so boring. Well, yeah, because you're like, you just do it for hours over and over again. Yeah. That's the exact same. Or even if it's not even necessarily music. like music that you're performing, it's it just be like a specific skill, right? Yes. Like, yes. Uh, you know, for um, a lot of musicians, it's it's scales. For us, it was rudiments, you know? And, right, right. And it's like, oh, and you, yeah, And you have the metronome going always, yeah. you know? So yeah. you're and constantly it, being... Uh, just driving it into your... Dry, driven. Yeah. And yeah. it's one of those things you start to as time goes on, you, you start to like not rely on it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start to kind of, and as you get further and further into it, you start to, it's easier to pick up new, new skills and new things because there's already a foundation there. And so let's say, as I was reading this book, I was just, I would like read a chapter or two and then I would stop and think back to like how this applied to what I was doing with music and band. And I'm like, wow, this is really, there's a lot of similarities here. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the big, the first things that he talked about was limiting how much data you consume at once. At, at once, yes. Um, essentially, saying too much of a good thing is a is a bad thing. Um, and what he pointed out was you you must give yourself twenty four hours to move your uh, you know data, whatever you want to call it, information, mm-hmm. your learned material, right, right, um, to your long term memory for retention. Yeah. Um, and after twenty four hours, you'll be able to better retain that. And you, you'll actually maybe even see some intuitive improvement, mm-hmm. um, basically saying that after you've, you know, 24 hours or so, just through pure repetition of something, you will get better at it. Yes. Um, and we're not talking like you're going to master it. And this right? is you like the I mean? same with any skill. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what I think the, the big thing is, is people try to, and, and you can probably, I mean, you've studied martial arts, mm-hmm. uh, shooting, uh, music, so many things in life where it, it can be really discouraging if you don't just get it right away, you know? Right. Yeah, that's, um, when it comes to learning learning a new skill, let's say like um, uh, martial arts, for example. So a lot of newcomers to martial arts, uh, what they desire is they want to come into class you know, maybe kind of like learn the ropes for two weeks and then they want to start being able to run with the rest of the class and being able to spar and, and, you know, run at the same pace as everyone else. What they don't realize is in reality, the way it works is you spend the first two years getting your ass kicked. Yeah. Um, You know, like it it takes time as uh, Israel Adesanya says, like there are levels to this. You don't just waltz in play around or learn for a couple weeks and then and then run with run with the rest of the 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 pack yeah um and my experience like with um i did jujitsu for a little bit muay thai i did taekwondo for you know quite a while uh you know to get really up to speed to where you are to where you are like you're you're competitive Mm -hmm. you know for for me i noticed that the average was two years and a, a lot of people um, they get greatly discouraged by that, and most end up quitting before that two-year mark. Now, it's not always two years for everyone. Sure, some people are just naturals. Like when it comes to music or drumming or I hate shooting, those people. You, you, there's always the prodigies. Yeah, there's always yeah. those people. You're like, why? Right. You're 14. Right. I'm 21, and you're doing stuff that I couldn't when I was. You yeah, know, exactly. Like, like, you know, there are always man. those people. But, you know, when push comes to shove, the person that's going to be successful in the end is the one that, that grinds and grinds and grinds, yeah. and, and and they keep at it. Yeah, and um, I think the important thing that gets overlooked a lot with it is, uh, like, bite-sized chunks. 
Yeah, like yeah, don't try to overindulge. Yeah, because uh, what what gets mentioned a lot is your um, is neural connections, right? Because that's we talk about muscle memory in every in everyday life. You know, right. oh, it's your muscle memory. This is your muscle memory. You got to build your mm-hmm. muscle memory. What that is, it's not truly in your muscles. It's in your brain, right? It's building those neural connections uh, through repetition. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though, um, and again, we do this a lot with music. Is you have to isolate that that particular skill and this is why you see it so much now on like uh instagram and youtube and everything is um and and you always got these people that want to like rip everyone down for it but like you isolate your skill sets we were just talking about it like if it's just clearing your garment right you're drawn for what you want to your 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 end goal Mm -hmm. is uh i want to be faster on my draw from concealment Mm -hmm. so you're going to break down and the first thing you're going to do is 30, 50 reps of, I'm just going to practice the motion to clear my garment yep. over and over. Start, I'm going to touch slow. the damn pistol. Yeah, start even, slow, you know, break it down. Yep. Figure it out. Yep, figure it and out. And find out what your tendencies are. Maybe mm-hmm. you reach too far, you don't reach far right. enough, whatever it is. Self, um, self-analyze, all of that. And the stupid part is you don't even need the gun for that. Right. And that's probably the most crucial part of drawing from concealment is clearing your garment. You don't need to have the gun. You don't even need to have the holster. Or even just like self-defense with a firearm. I would, you know, just as important as being as like, uh, you know, like the shooting itself, the pulling of the trigger, mm-hmm. being able to get get to your your concealed firearm, yeah. get it out on target safely without, you know, shooting yourself or flagging anyone. And I think that that's the part that's overlooked, right? I greatly, mean, you talk about the, the draw stroke, the clearing the garment. There's, if you look at it and like break up in percentages, like the pulling the trigger is about ten percent of the process. Mm-hmm. You know, so. You break down, you clear the garment, clear the garment and index on the pistol. Again, yep. you don't even need to draw yet. We're still not pulling the gun out, yeah. right? And just and focusing on getting a good index, like that that tiny little key piece alone yeah. can can make or break everything that follows up after that. Exactly, and um, you know, and he talks about these are you know these are the times when we we say we're overwhelmed and we just need to move on and, and or uh, we need more time to digest information to really feel confident mm-hmm. and really execute a, at a, at a high level. Um, I think that a lot of new shooters want to jump straight into all the stuff they see on. I mean, it's fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not good at it, but I I like to watch. I like to practice because I get enjoyment out of it. But the fundamental stuff is the most important, and you mm-hmm. and I both know, like in almost any facet, like that's. That's not what you really enjoy working on. Sometimes you do right, right. if you've found a hitch in what you're doing or you found a better way, then it's like, this is cool. This is new and interesting mm-hmm. and different. And, but I mean, for somebody in like your position, maybe even in my position, when you discover that something at, at that point and you're, you know, it's exciting because you found something to improve on one of your fundamentals. Um, fundamentals aren't sexy. You know what I mean? Like nobody's like, yeah, man, I'm gonna go work on my no, garment but, clear. That's that's yeah, the, that's the foundation, man. Check me out, man. Yeah. I'm take this video, peep my IG. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like no one's really you know picks up a uh, a firearm and wants to be good at shooting because of stuff like that, right? But it's the problems with uh, like like irresponsible gun ownership, poor marksmanship, mm-hmm. uh, lack of competence as well as a lack of confidence is because people rush through the fundamentals to try and get to the, you know, the running, the gunning, the target transitions. And just like, uh, just like drumming, uh, mastery of fundamentals, it separates people. Yeah. 
you know, people who oh, clearly who, people who try to like pick up sticks and they try to p- play just like you know the fastest, sickest lick they mm-hmm. they've ever seen on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Versus the person who like methodically just for hours on end well, practice their and fundamentals. I think that like, that's it's, it's, even, there's a difference even relative to your skill level, um, maturity to an extent, like mm-hmm. recognizing what your limitations are and how to best work within them. Yeah. Not to say that you shouldn't push your limits, but you also have to like sit back and look at it and recognize like, well, okay. I mean, I can work on, um, drawing and presenting as fast as I can. Yep. However, um, have you, do you have the, uh, do you have the maturity to look at it, uh, from a standpoint of what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Not how, not just the positives, but look at the negatives and go, is my grip right? Um, am I clearing the garment every single time? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's my support hand doing? How long does it take me to get sight alignment? Right. You know, are those, is speed really the most important factor? Cause I feel like, you know, we talk about it with, with music and everything, you know, tricks and fast stuff is cool. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. It's like the yeah. flashy stuff is what gets, gets you going and what builds your interest. Um, but, and, and honestly, to that point, you know, we talk about, you know, fundamentals and stuff, getting you to the, getting you there. You don't stop working on the fundamentals. No, never. You never. spend less time working on it. And that's, he talks about this too, a lot is, um, once those neural connections are built, right. Once those are, you've done it enough in mm-hmm. pieces and you've, you started building your skills by combining those pieces. Um, those connections get a lot stronger. Yeah. Uh, but nothing's like for you know nothing's forever. Like you still have right. to retouch on those. And I remember, I'm sure you do too. Like audition seasons and stuff before mm-hmm. we were going to competitive things. Uh, I, at least I I don't know if you did. I assume you did. I uh, I know I would go back and I would work through basic stuff, fundamentals. Oh, yeah, you know, talk about grip. Talk always. about yeah. Um, you know, timing and things like that. And honestly, it's it's funny how much timing comes into. I've used a metronome and timing to fix a lot of issues of mine mm-hmm. uh, with my shooting mechanics, whether it's mm-hmm. target transition or I've used it to help break down my draw. Yeah, well, it's it's body movement. Yeah, you know that that can be broken down into into time. You know, you can use mathematics or or beats from a metronome or something to measure out how long does it take to move from point a to point b to point right. c to point d mm-hmm. you know and you can use timing from a metronome to help to you figure build that consistency out. well for yeah. one you can use it to measure where you're slow but also to look at where you're fast and you, you, know, you hear that uh slow is smooth and smooth is fast right and I've, i i did i personally did find that there were moments when i was trying to go as fast as i could there were moments when i was slower than others when you put it in the big picture you miss it um when you slow it down and break it and isolate it you find out where you're slow if you can fix at least to the best that's capable fix that one piece of whatever you're doing if you can just isolate that moment whether mm-hmm. it's coming from out of the holster up to where you meet both hands together right. or maybe it's the press out and the sight alignment if you can just hammer that home that one piece of it mm-hmm. you know then it thus makes the whole process faster in the yes. end yes but you got to look at it objectively yep you know and i'd also like to mention that um th- this doesn't uh one's skill set shouldn't end at the the trigger pull right like that that's just that's like if you were to relate it to drumming that's just learning how to properly hold the sticks and then hit the drum really after you're able to draw present fire and you're able to do that well 
then you need to start thinking about realistic tactics or to relate it to fighting. Okay, so now I know how to do a jab, a cross, a hook. I can do a, a roundhouse kick. You know, yeah. I, I can do these different, I have these different skills. Well, now when I apply it to human competition, when I have a moving opponent who thinks, mm-hmm. how do I start applying strategy? And I think that's one thing that's really missing in the, uh, the gun community at the moment with the exception of guys who are actually, they do this for a job, so, you know, such as military or police. Well, and that's, you know, you see it so much now. Like, people want to, like, cut everybody up about it, right? Like, right. oh, um, I mean, I'll just jump to it because it's it's easy. Uh, Lucas Bodkin. Right, right The right. dude from T-Rex Arms. Fantastic shooter. Outstanding um, shooter. By all measurements, turning out to be an outstanding businessman. Mm, uh, seems like it. Seems yeah. like a, a pretty good dude, you know, um he gets roasted all the time. Well, people try to anyways with comments on whether it's because YouTube or Instagram. He, because he's a civilian. He he's a civilian. Oh, you shouldn't be, tr- you know, you That's shouldn't be teaching deals. tactics. It's like, well, why not? Is he teaching tactics? He says he's not. And I think a lot of what he teaches is shooting mechanics and how to be a, a more proficient um, and, and better shooter. But if it works, it works. Exactly. I've, um, you know, I, I have absolutely nothing against, anyone of any profession who wants to develop tactics and and yeah. then and then uh you know grow them so for example let's say um someone does uh martial arts right mm-hmm. and they just they just go to their or boxing and they just go to their local boxing gym and then and then uh you know they're they're working on their sparring and different moves i'm not going to tell that person oh you can't you can't uh adequately develop a boxing strategy because you've never boxed in such and such a circuit yeah like that, that's just that's ridiculous that's yeah yeah and that's and that's the thing if it works is it's still dumb you know and and that's the and i talked about this before in a, a couple episodes ago i remember it's like you kind of have to um take everything with a grain of salt like good you want to look out and, and receive input right you want to receive criticisms mm-hmm. um you know, because no, nobody ever has all the right answers. And you can't always see what you're doing, you know, whether it's right or wrong. So um, it's just that's the unfortunate part, I think, the, about at least the gun community. Um, when you start getting into things like tactics, especially, for whatever reason, that's like the one place that you're not allowed to go unless you're law enforcement which, or military which is, is, dumb. is tactics. At, if you're carrying a gun, you yeah. should be studying tactics. Yeah. And I, 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 don't, I don't regret saying that at all. It, I, don't, I, I don't disagree. I think that... Um, you know, when they're talking about you shouldn't be teaching tactics, it's like, well, well, what if you're really good at it? But your but your your day job is you fucking work at Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. I don't know. And you're just like <laughs> you're just like a natural goddamn tactician. Yeah, I mean, why not spread that knowledge? I mean, but I, I mean, to an extent, I get it because it's like, okay, you don't have the real world experience, right. which is okay. okay fine. Fine. I understand you've never been in a gunfight. Okay, I get yeah. what you're saying with that. At the same point, that's there's a lot of people. That look Dude, at anybody in the military. I was in the military. I was never in a gunfight. Yeah, you don't you look know, at anybody <laughs> in the military pre nine eleven. Yeah, I can look at them. Uh, some of these guys that were in the SEAL teams during peacetime and say, "Well, you don't know what you're talking about, right?" Because you never shot at. Like, you, well, yeah. that's because you never killed anyone. You don't know what you're talking stupid. about. That, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I get it. It's a flawed argument. Um, you do see so many people trying to point out now where law enforcement has like the, their gaps in their training and stuff. Yeah. And I, it's I, essentially gatekeeping if you want yeah. to think of it that way. Yeah, and I think that's bullshit. 
Right. Honestly, it's like, right. well, you can't have this information because you right. you aren't you're not one of us. Yeah. It's or like, you don't you don't not? have you don't have a um, psychology degree, so your opinion on anything that has to do with right. with you know one's mental status. I can't is stand irrelevant. that shit. It's like, well, it's, it's gatekeeping and it's it's bullshit. It's and it, and it's a um, it's a societal thing. Yeah. I, I think that. Uh, we do that i say we humans in general you know we 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 do that to kind of it's like a like an ego thing right we want to elevate our own status and our own knowledge and, and to block competition I, exactly mm-hmm. um and i think that's that's shitty um because so it well. just ends up holding everybody back mm-hmm. um yeah absolutely but you know you talk a lot about uh you talk about shooting skills and everything and i mean why not uh the open exchange of ideas is only going to make this better for all of yes. us uh, whether it's the tactics, whether it's the actual mechanics behind it, the fundamentals, even us just sitting here talking about, hey, we spent probably more time than we needed to in our life working on drumming and music. Right. Um, but again, going back to the book, like your brain doesn't realize, doesn't have those, um, I guess like implicit biases or anything. Like it doesn't say, your brain doesn't realize that, well, that's a drumming skill and this is shooting right mm-hmm. now, so you can't make those connections. Um you know, if you're if you're thinking about timing and things like that, your brain recognizes how to apply an even steady beat or, or a metronome to what you're trying to work on. Yes, that's it. It realizes there's that neural connection and it uses it. You know, so um, you know maybe musicians are more properly disposed to uh, exposed. I'm sorry to uh, you know uh, good timing with with other parts of their life. I shooting being what we're talking about. I yeah. Mean, or just, I mean, timing, time management. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, 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 it helps work for ethic. Sure. Yeah. Work ethic. I mean, yeah, any it certainly of it, helps. Um, especially, you know, focusing on fundamental skills and foundations. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at anybody who's great at anything in the world. It was because they put a lot of time and effort and energy into it. Yeah. It, there's just it, nothing comes easy. Nothing worth having comes easy. Cause if it was that easy, everybody would do it. Right. Right. You know? Right. Um, and he goes on and you know, he talks about, you know, before you can connect these dots, before you can um, you can really make these connections. And that's that's the, the key because real proficiency comes from the strength of your neural connections, right? Um, but before you can connect these dots, you, you have to first have the dots to connect. You know, don't run before you can walk. Um, mm-hmm. Specific, this is a quote from the text, uh, specific periods of instruction should be designed to only present the amount of information that can be coded into the short-term memory system. So in other words, take it one step at a time. Don't take too big of chunks. Yeah, bite-sized chunks are yeah. doing this. Instead of teaching a new shooter how to grip, then draw, then align the sights, you know, the trigger pull, and how to manage recoil all as one process, break it down, right? Slow and steady, like we were just talking about. Look at each part of it and give them time to digest it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's why a lot of people look at some of these uh, like pistol one classes and stuff that are out there. And, and you know, and I I've been guilty of it too, where I don't need to take that class. I already know all that. Right. Maybe you don't. Maybe there it's might worth be the a time. fine detail that that we all are missing. Or you know, maybe it's it, it might be worth the money and the time right. to have somebody because I mean, obviously, and I mean, if you have a mirror in front of you, maybe, but. Even the best, like, look at Tiger Woods, right? Best golfer in the world. Mm-hmm. Still has a golf coach. His coach is obviously not as good a golfer as he is. Right. But he can see what you're doing, and maybe he's better at, at looking at what you're doing and conveying it into verbal communication yes. to mm-hmm. understand. 
you know, there's no shame in that. And I think that people look at it sometimes like it's, well, I don't need that help. Right. Like, right. well, maybe you do, you know, maybe you're really good at this, but yeah. you could be better. I remember when we were um, teenagers, there was a professional trumpet player who came in and visited our, our class for a day. And someone had asked him, you know, do you, do you take lessons? I guess like they, they assumed the answer he was going to say is like, no, of course not. Well, Cause in high school but, music, that's what they tell everybody is if you want to be, if you want to really advance, you need to be taking lessons. You need, lessons. To be taking so you need, lessons, you need right. individualized attention. Right. So, so someone asked him, you know, do you still take lessons? And the answer was yes. Like, to this day, even as a professional trumpet player, he still takes lessons. Now, it doesn't mean that he's going there and practicing his scales in front of someone, but, you know, he's playing his music, and just like uh, Tiger Woods' coach would, mm-hmm. this this person who was also an expert is watching them and looking for the, the minor uh, points yeah. which this person could improve. Because inevitably, I mean, if you're thinking about everything you're doing while you're doing it, you, you are not also then able to like introspectively look at what Mm -hmm. you can fix you just i mean the mind has its limits right so there's no shame in it um and this something worth mentioning and pointing out because we talk about a lot um this all applies to both uh live fire and dry fire training Mm -hmm. um and i think up until this point well when i say this point i mean like last five years let's say about approximately last five years i think dry fire training has really had its renaissance lately yes you start to see i mean especially now because we you know ammo shortages and everything Mm -hmm. but um it's really really uh pushed as a uh a good concept for training and a a very very powerful tool to developing those skills whereas previously it it really wasn't um and i was very interested to read um he he worked with some individuals and talked to some people that were involved with the FBI training academy. And uh, to, again, to quote him, this is the unofficial FBI training mantra in the past was 10,000 rounds per man. Uh, you know, essentially you're proposing to the individual shooter every round you're proposing a, you know, 10,000 individual decisions, hmm. you know, and essentially what they were doing is here through sheer repetition you're going to become a better, more reliable, more accurate shooter mm. just through, through through pure volume. I would disagree with that. With well, that philosophy. And because now we have the benefit of uh, looking back at it and understanding, mm-hmm. um, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, that was just, hey, how you get better at shooting? Just practice. Not necessarily through isolation right. or individualized skill training, right. but just round after round after round yeah. after and round. And even when it comes to volume training, you know, people say practice makes perfect. Uh, that is an incorrect statement. Practice makes permanent. Yeah. You know, oh, God. We, I heard that so much in high school. Right? I hated hearing that. Yeah. It, it's true. But it's, it's true. It's, 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 it's frustratingly true. I don't care if you do 10,000 repetitions. If it was 10,000 repetitions of the wrong way to do it, yeah. well, you're, you still fucking suck. Yeah, you're still doing it the wrong way. You're just doing it the same way every time. You yes. know what I mean? And that's... Um, you know, repetition on its own is not enough to build the skill to, to the proficiency, which we're, we're looking for. Right. right. You know, you'll get better at doing that. You'll just be get, getting better at doing it wrong. Like you just, right. like you said, you know, um, you won't ever get to that high level of proficiency that you're really striving for, especially with something like shooting where that trigger pull carries with it the weight of life or death. 
you know, uh, God forbid. Hopefully, mm-hmm. again, I always say this when we talk about this stuff. Like, I really hope nobody who ever listens to this and, and neither of us at this table, like, ever have to actually face the weight of that decision. But, uh, I'd hope I mean, part of being a responsible gun owner is understanding the gravity of what mm-hmm. you, you're carrying with you, that responsibility. Yeah, and, and this goes, it's not just about firearms as well. It's um, self-defense in general or just, just responsibility in general. Uh, you know, when it comes to, let's say, even like the the single mother, right, who's mm-hmm. got three kids, you know, it, it is her responsibility to f- uh, protect those children, whether it be protection physically, emotionally. Or single father. Single father, man, yeah. Single father, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, hey, I mean, you got to now. You find everybody these days. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, I'm offended. You're offended. Right. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, and I, I, I think that when you look at the science behind it, people kind of maybe understand a little bit better. Um, but it doesn't, you understanding doesn't even make it easier. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, you got to put the time in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the, the, uh, the temptation, right. I think that's the biggest, we were talking about it earlier was, you know, everyone wants to run before they can walk. Uh, the, the most difficult part of that introspectively is just fighting that temptation to want to do more than you're ready for. I mean, I did right. it with music. I'm, I probably have done it with shooting too. Um, you know, I, I think that the one thing to try and keep in mind, um, and, and you've obviously you got way more time, you know, on the trigger than I do, but, um, you know, small victories build large triumphs. Uh, mm-hmm. don't, don't compromise your fundamentals, um, just for the sake of trying to get somewhere faster. Like shortcuts don't exist in stuff like this. You know, one can try, um, but the likelihood of failure by taking a shortcut is rather high. Whether it, and this once again, it goes back to any skill, whether it's music, martial arts, shooting, dude, fucking any of it, carpentry, yeah. plumbing, you know, any type of skill. If you try to rush through the basics and not practice and fully understand the fundamentals, well, you're, you're building a house on sand. Yeah, because uh, eventually you'll that that one thing that you didn't and I and I honestly I tried uh, with music I tried with timing for years I hated the metronome I hate it because mm. it's it's one of those things that keeps you honest you know there's yeah. um there's a couple shooting drills like that too I think it's the I forget the name of the target it's that little tiny it's that circle regular target I, Larry Vickers loves it um mm. because it's so unforgiving um in your accuracy and everything like that uh, and they designed it those ways because they want to make sure at least for like FBI proficiency and, and all this stuff, police uh, qualifications, they want to make sure that you're no bullshit, right? right? Um, usually for liability reasons more than they actually care about your development as a shooter, but the point is almost the same anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't uh, you can't cheat it. You know, it's going to come out in the wash. Someone, right. You know, um, yeah. Th- those who do, it uh, becomes apparent because eventually they hit a wall that they can't yeah. progress past. Or that that one thing that you try, you thought you could get past. Maybe it's your reload speed or something. Like it all comes out in the wash. Like eventually. Or let's say someone never actually makes it to learning tactics mm-hmm. because they're so fixated on their draw point, the draw stroke, the draw the, point shoot, and they and that's and then like and that's the, all they do. The tack reload, they never, yeah, they never actually, for the gram. yeah, tack tackle for the gram. They never actually make it to 
how about you do some fucking force on force with an airsoft gun with with, with a with a buddy that hurts you know and then like start putting it into practice because yeah. when it's done live you're doing it against a thinking moving human being who does not want to lose so and that's the thing that really um once you get to that point right because i, I mean I, and, and like what you're saying is correct I'll never tell anybody who's looking to grow as a shooter to jump straight into something like that. No, you know, it's that con- no, it's that no. constant um, bell curve, right? That constant right. upward, uh, constant upward progression. But um, don't allow yourself to become complacent. You know what I mean? Like, so add intricacies, change it up. Whether it's um, what you see, you see it talked about all the time on like YouTube and stuff. Oh, it's so easy on the flat range. I hate that term. The on the flat, flat range. range. Yeah, yeah, you can. I can hear guys saying it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. So I mean, I, but I get. I, I get, get what, they're, what they're, saying. they're saying. It's an easy one to jump to as somebody who's trying to sell themselves as a reputable instructor. Um, I, I get what you're saying because in the real world, you're going to have to add that Y axis to your X axis. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have to just worry about the left and right. You have to worry about getting behind right. cover, shooting over something, shooting under something. On that note, just real quick, that's another thing that the gram uh, really <laughs> needs to, it just like, it, you know, kind of just fucks everyone. Dude, why does no one ever look for cover? Or, you know, yeah. cover, concealment, or whatever. even just understanding the difference between those two right. things. Why the fuck is everyone reloading in the open? You know, how I... come? how come no one is like, you know moving everyone just like stands still yeah and and draws and reloads and draws and then scans and their feet and i don't move and i understand if you're just working on those fundamentals and that's cool if you're just working on building the fundamental skill of one round reload as fast as you can get on target one round i get that right yeah if it's measured against putting it in context which I mean, I'll be. I mean, obviously, you've done it. I have not. Um, I'm getting to the point where I'm ready for things like that. And then the ammo dried up, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't have like seven hundred dollars to buy a hundred rounds of nine millimeters. Right, so. right, right. But even <laughs> like, even if but, you know someone's just like dry firing in their basement, dude, fucking move your feet. See, now that stuff I have done. I have worked on. Um, I mean, video games, everyone's you know, strafing, you know, like right. shooting while you're moving laterally. But it's easy. You just set, you know, a piece of tape on the wall or I got, you know, we're looking at them right now. We got, I got dry fire targets all over and stuff. Just working from one end of the room to the other while trying to maintain that sight picture. Yeah. Th- um, so, so there's that, but not, not even like, um, moving while shooting. I mean, let's, okay. So realistically, let's put ourselves in a scenario here. You're in, you're in the mall or you're in fucking Home Depot and you hear, Bang, bang, bang. Ah! Dude, you're not going to fucking stand still. At least if you're smart. Yeah. You know, if it were me, like, my ass is fucking jumping behind. First, like, try to identify where it came from and then fucking get to cover yeah. or get to so- somewhere that can conceal. Uh, you know, so, and that's, and I, I, so think, I, I can I can think uh, defense to prepare for offense. And I think that's part of the the what people need to realize too is that the processing information processing especially under stress is difficult mm-hmm. whether it's even just realizing what happened while well, you say you're out with your family whatever you're shopping at home depot the last place you expect any of that stuff to happen right how long is it going to take you to realize what's going on and at that point how quickly you can respond appropriately yeah um yeah there's just there there are so many i think that's where like you're saying force on force training i think 
that's really where that kind of stuff is worth his weight in gold because the gun community like that's if it really wants to take the next step and and i think the gun community has come a very long way in the past let's say five years right i I I think i think we've we've jumped in leaps and bounds the next step is is a force on force just like with um with martial arts with like the ufc right Oh yeah. Before the UFC, you know, people did uh, kata, you know, which is like the the pattern practice, right, of of uh, technique, and then they would, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then they would do like certain things, like okay, well, uh, we'll we'll do point sparring. So, for example, point sparring is like if I kick you to the body, that'll be one point, and then okay. and then we reset, and then if I kick you to the head or if I punch you to the head, that'll be a certain amount of points, and then you reset. And that that's fine. That's working towards something better, but it's not. It doesn't replicate realism, like real, yeah. real hand to hand combat. Think, and that's I, what the UFC did. Yeah. And then once the UFC really opened that door to like true force on force, full on, full on, um, you know, like that's where the gun community needs to go. I and mean, don't like not with like real bullets, but like you know, well, with, sure. with sim munition rounds or with airsoft rounds. And I think start it, getting forced. I on think force. to that point, it really just speaks to, you know, um, not necessarily that anything is more right than the other. It just you have to. I can't say enough. Like perspective, right? You mm-hmm. you you have to be able to have perspective on what's going on, and realize what the benefits of what you're doing are. Not to say that any one thing is any, is better or worse than the other. Just mm-hmm. that you know we have you have a quantifiable amount of time to practice and and work on your skills. So of the amount of time you're investing into this, uh, what are you getting out of it? You know, if you're spending 90% of your training time on fundamentals, hey, good, good on you, man. That nothing bad to say about that. But, you know, maybe you need to look at how you rebalance things. Maybe you spend 30% of your time on your fundamentals, Mm -hmm. 30% of your time on, you know, whatever else. And then another 30, you know what I mean? Like you got to kind of weigh it out. And I, and I always kind of look at it as you're working at like 90% of your time, mm-hmm. 90%, because I, I adamantly believe, cause I did it with music 10% of the time you should spend doing whatever you find enjoyable about it. Yeah. If you keep, lose keep that, your interest going. Yeah. Cause you yeah. lose that fun factor, right. you know, for lack of a better term, you're not, you lose your motivation. You know, for us it was okay. Spend mm-hmm. 10% of your time practicing, playing, whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Whether do, it's do stupid stuff, stupid whatever, tricks, just, whatever. Just yeah. You know, play some, some stuff and, yeah. and have, you know, jam out, whatever. But, you know, so I always kind of try to keep that 90% rule in mind. Like 90% of my time is going to be on getting better and you got to just, you know, adequately weigh it. Mm-hmm against each other um and you really um here's and i wrote this down because i really wanted to bring this up uh and we've talked about it in a bunch of different ways but you know with with cqb right Mm -hmm. um the big thing i you you always hear always is always be looking for work right look for the next target look for the next door to clear look for whatever um i feel like that applies a lot when you're talking about trying to build your skills you know always and i think if that's essential if you pull the ego out of it like I remember like our first year we did indoor together, mm-hmm. right? Um, we in, were indoor drumline. Yeah. We were the worst two on our instrument. We were the two new guys. Yeah. yeah but we were the yeah, worst pretty two. Much. Um, I mean, at that time I, I, I ranked myself below you in my, immensely. I, I did. Um, the one thing I kind of like came back to was, um, 
if I'm the worst one here, then I essentially control how good we are as a group, mm. you know? So it, it really is about perspective and things and, you know, try not to be too hard on yourself for well, some stuff. That could be like a motivator for you. No, it was for me. It, yeah. it always was. It was, you know, um, the nice part is for me at the time I was, you know, I wanted to be part of something really great, do something really good and feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was exciting because I, while I, I realized that I was probably maybe like the, the lowest skill level, maybe, um, as a group, we were at a high level. So yes, yes, you know, it's like, okay, so I can, I felt like I had control over how, how good we could be mm-hmm. uh, big picture. So, I mean, it, it, perspective is huge, but right. um, I, I never really was one of those guys that got um, upset, uh, at least ran off the rip about being told I was wrong mm. um, because it was like, okay, I'm getting better. Right. You know I mean, like, thank you. Like somebody would tell you did wrong. Like, all right, cool like thank you i i'm gonna get better you know yeah. So uh yeah. if you can if you can get yourself mentally to that point where you can remove ego from it mm-hmm. dude the sky's the limit right and you know people a lot of younger people don't truly understand how valuable um failure is failure is incredibly valuable when it comes to learning yeah no definitely because you and i um I didn't really grasp that that concept until I got in the professional world, and mm-hmm. not even necessarily with failure. Um, but what you're getting at, and what I'm, what I'm, we're thinking about the same thing is every interaction, right? Whether it's an interaction while you're training or interaction in the professional world, um, and this the beautiful part is this all kind of you know gels together eventually. But um, every interaction is a learning interaction. Mm-hmm. It could be you learn what not to do. You could learn how not to act. Or you could learn what works and you could learn what to do. Yes. Um, but again, it's about perspective and a positive mind mindset. Um, yes. You know, because I mean, like, let's like, no bullshit. Like, honestly, I'm not that good of a shooter. I know I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, there's guys out there that are better than you are, you know, oh, but oh, yeah. that doesn't necessarily bother me because I'm, I just keep working on it. You right. know, I, I don't necessarily feel like I have to be the best out there. I just right. want to be better than I was the last yes. time. And even if, let's say you may not, or not not you specifically, but let's say a, a person is not that great at shooting, or they're not they're not the best. Mm-hmm. You know, there may be a specific skill that they do uh, excel you know, at, really yeah. excel at. And when it comes to like the you know the the full um, what do I say? the full scenario, the full situation, like actual mm-hmm. operation. Uh, you know, there's still something that they could provide, whether it's in a team environment. Oh, absolutely, or, or whatever. You know, everyone's. Um, you know, not everyone is great at everything, and I think right. that's you know that's obviously why um, you know sports are so often in teams. Mm-hmm. You know, because Some guy it, it, it kind of yeah. lightens the load a bit. But yeah, uh, yeah you know, you achieve um, synergy, right? Right. Uh, the right. the sum total is or something something greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, yeah, but I get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, um, so, and that's the cool part about doing stuff with teams, but it's also the cool part, you know, about having that team of people around you to help you get better, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like, be a sponge, like, take everything that the next person has to offer. Yes, so when I was a TACP um, for the Air Force, we would usually um, run as two-man teams, so a JTAC and a ROMAD. The, The JTAC, or the Joint Terminal Attack Controller, they ultimately had the um 
you know, the say to like to say the words cleared hot over the mic to tell the pilot, okay, and drop the bomb, make right? the decision, yeah, or like you know, pull the trigger. The Romad was they were responsible for, I mean, a whole shit ton of things for driving, for um, fixing the radios, for programming the radios, for um, providing um, like shooting cover for the JTAC while the mm-hmm. JTAC's on the radio. Romad would laze targets. They would spot targets. They would build up, um, uh, not I don't know if well, they would build up build up like target. I don't know if I can say it or not. Build up like uh, targeting data. I'll just say it that way. Okay. They'll they'll build targeting data. They do a lot of shit, and by their you know their synergistic relationship, mm-hmm. um, they could get a lot of fucking shit done. Yeah. You know the the Romad may be really good at something that the JTAC's not, and vice versa. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, you know, you kind of got to put it into um, a good context for things. Just realize that it's always a, A, it's not a race, but it's a, it's a constantly developing and constantly evolving um, just process. Right. You know, and um, the nice part, too, is once you develop a lot of these skills, maybe like, I don't know, I keep coming back to fucking numbers, maybe like 75 to 80% of these skills transition well between weapon systems right Mm -hmm. so maybe you're somebody who only owns a handgun for defense or you only own a shotgun and then you pick up one of the others right um find the similarities between the two right we talk about using vertical grips on an ar and it's just that pistol grip that we have broken up into two pieces yeah right um so when you either pull the hands back together that's the same grip when you spread them apart for a rifle that's the same grip um timing trigger pull uh I guess if you're doing long distance stuff, I mean, breathing control kind of comes into mm-hmm. it, but it's, you, you, there's, there's a lot of similarities there, uh, that can be shared. And, um, as long as you understand the differences and the, and the similarities in these concepts, it's, it all lends itself to each other. Um, which is when you get to that point, right? When you get to that point where you start to really like get the light bulb moments and understand how, um, the similarities and differences work together to lend themselves that I feel like is when you enter like the, it's not the master level, but it's like, you've gained enough perspective to really under to a higher level of understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as you kind of like sparked the thought when it comes to higher level of understanding, I think it benefits everyone to understand that the buck does not stop at, um, you know, draw point shoot. Mm -hmm. Um, just like, uh, it was a John level warrior poet society. In one of his videos, he was, he was saying all of the actual skills required to be in the 75th Ranger Regiment. Mm-hmm. Dude, shooting is like one out of 50. Do, you know, you I'm know? in the middle of reading a book right now about the Rangers and like the stuff they put you through. It's more about just physical and mental dexterity, I guess. Like how much, how much suck, you can, man. yeah, how much you yeah. can endure than anything else. And I think that that's, that's the big point, you know, like, um, yeah, it's just, it's not all about how fast you can go. It's not all about the flashy stuff. Like here's, here's my thing. Like right now, my goal, one of my goals for 2021, so, you know, new year, new me, yeah. um, is, uh, I, I really, really want to learn more about, um, like, uh, C and, uh, medical. Oh, cause okay. I feel yeah. like, like, it's just so much more likely that you're going to use that. You know what I mean? Like 
because yeah. that doesn't only apply to gunshots and and everything. It could be, hey, there was a rollover any, accident. Anything metal, right? Hey, yeah. uh, I I cut the shit out of my arm crawling out of said rollover accident. Dude, even or, stuff as like, hey, my kid is choking on a grape. Yeah. What do I do? How to properly execute the Heimlich? Yeah, dude. CPR yeah, medical comes in. It comes in handy like, in all, all the time. facets of life. So I mean, like, you know, don't get hung up because you can't. Like for me, that that was a thing for me for like a real long time. Mm-hmm. I really want, and I still do, just not as bad. Like I really want to be able to do those speed reloads the way I see guys do it online. And I'm like, maybe I'll get there. Um, I'm gonna keep working on it, but I'm not gonna let it be the only thing that that like that's the thing that just wears me down. Yeah, like true. here's a you know I am I'm competent <laughs> in my reload skills. Yeah. Um, I'm not fumbling with it and 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 stuff. I'm just not as quick as the next guy sometimes. But um, yeah, unpopular opinion time. Yeah, it, reloads are not that important. You told me that before, and it, it literally made <laughs> me, me laugh. Let me clarify: like, a speed reload yeah. is not as important. Yeah, I mean, being able to like do a reload without fumbling your magazine, especially when you're when you're under pressure and stressed. Mm-hmm. Yes, that. And is I important. feel like that's why it gets so much attention. But I think it's gone to the point where it goes like above and beyond it's what's really necessary. Stupid, in my opinion, because now um, everyone's like, you know, oh, can you reload in, uh, do whatever the fucking time is. You know, your part times and stuff. St- Stupid I mean, fast. And, and there's value in that. And that's but cool, but it's it's you had and here's like the, the last point, the last bullet point I really have on this list is ties like straight into that is tracking and monitoring your output or your yes. data, like your par times and your speeds, and not because you need to be that fast, but because it's the 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 best metric we have available for measuring your personal growth and process progress. Not to look at it and say, well, you're slower than the next guy, you suck, but to right. say, hey proficiency wise if you you know because measurables and quantifiables are how we as humans determine where our weak points are mm-hmm. at least at least for me right you know like I'm, I'm a numbers guy i work in finance that stuff resonates with me and makes right. sense to me so if i can look at the data if i can sit down and look at the numbers and go here's where i'm okay here's where i'm not i know what to work on could all of it be better sure so i will continue to work on all of it but here's where i'm needing more, you know, more time and energy. Um, the data doesn't lie, you know, and, um, to that point, it's accountability, accountability, mm-hmm. personal accountability is paramount in all of this. Um, we talked about not cutting corners and cheating. Like it comes out at some point or another, right. You know, you're gonna, it, it's gonna come through. Um, so look at the data, um, take video, right. I used to do it mm-hmm. when I was, uh, working on solos and stuff like that for, for band festivals and things. I would mm-hmm. video, like my parents had this old school camcorder with like back when tapes were still a thing. Yeah. I would videotape myself playing because Same I here. wanted to work on presence. Right. Um, as well as, you know, uh, you know, quality of sound and all this stuff. Like, so if you're trying to work on, Hey, where am I slowing down in my motion? Where am I losing time in my draw stroke or my reload? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something you don't realize. Take a video of yourself or get a, I mean, mm-hmm. get a big ass mirror, but I would say a video would I think be a video more is, helpful because yeah, you can look back. Right? Um, we talked about, you know, lessons, having an outside observer, like mm-hmm. something I think more people should do. And I think we've talked about doing too, is just more dry firing, but like mm-hmm. do it in pairs, have somebody watch you while you do it. You know, uh, right. dry firing is free, mm-hmm. you know, um, and if you want to have those benchmarks there, use the law enforcement or military standards uh, to whatever degree you can. I know a lot of it's built off live fire, but, you know, try and, and use those to help build your benchmarks or build a, a, at least a level of understanding, mm-hmm. you know, where you're at, where you want to be as a comparison. Um, mostly because the, so much information, 
you know, if you think about the weight and the resources of like government agencies, so much time and money and effort and science goes into building those standards for yep. specific reasons. Um, so, I mean, while you don't necessarily have to have all the proficiencies of an FBI agent or, um, you know, a CIA contractor or a ranger or so, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. Right. Um, it's, it's useful as a measuring tool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like, and we talked about, you know, the last thing is I wrote down is you, you have fun with it. I mean, mm-hmm. we all kind of did this, started this because it's, it's fun. Because it's, it's cool. fun. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't lose that. Yeah. Otherwise it's like, it just becomes like anything else, like shoveling the damn snow. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, I'll go take care of it, but right. I'm not going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't ever, if I'm in that kind of mood, I just won't dry fire because I feel like you're going to actually do more harm than you would good. Yeah, I think so. You know what I mean? Like, um, but there's other days where I'm like, I'm stressed out. I'm not, I'm not having a good day. Like I'll come dry fire because it's something that helps me center myself or relax. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll turn on like some in the background, like some sports radio. I don't know why sports radio is like my jam. Mm-hmm. I'll just listen to how bad all the Detroit sports franchises are all at once. <laughs> um, yeah. and you know, I'll just listen to, uh, you know, one of the guys here locally, Mike Valeni, I'll listen to him just torch the Detroit lions. Love my lions, but, um, there's something about it. The radio, like that staticky radio, uh, vibe and everything. And I can sit here and I'll just dry fire. Mm-hmm. Um, Sundays I'll turn on the NFL, turn the sound off and I'll just work on dry fire and everything. You know what I mean? Like, um, you gotta find that like Zen part of it, you know, at least for me, that's, mm-hmm. that's when mm-hmm. I really get my best uh, work done is I can really focus on myself and not worry about, mm-hmm. you know, other stuff. And, I know we, we got so far off like the whole neural pathways thing and everything, but um, I mean, it was a good book and you really start to understand. Uh, I, I would recommend anybody pick it up um, just so you, you can understand really and quantify the importance of um, bite-sized pieces, working mm-hmm. on fundamentals. It's not overrated, you know, and again, that's, it's uh, Building Shooters by uh, Dustin Solomon. Uh, it's not a very long book, but like I said, it's an extremely dry book. So give yourself a little bit of time to um, work through that one, mm. to digest that one, because there's there's a lot uh, a lot there. And if you're not very sciencey, like I don't me, I I didn't really excel at science. And I did okay in high school, math based sciences like physics, no problem. Mm-hmm biology Mm-mm. chemistry no uh, chemistry i was actually okay with oh really wow. i was okay mm-hmm. um did well with physics biology no go mm-hmm. like i struggled so hard to just get a b minus in that mm-hmm. um and there's actually i'm looking through my list right now on my i saved it to my amazon list because there's like a companion book i think that i wanted to um yeah it's uh, it's again it's by dustin solomon it's uh mentoring shooters the gun owner's guide to building a firearms culture so that might be another one i pick up um, it was a good read. Um, and again, uh, Will Petty from Centrifuge is the one that, that kind of turned me on to that. And again, I, um, I like his stuff because it's rooted in numbers and we look at, you know, what we do daily. He does a lot of vehicle combat stuff. Well, well, up until the Rona hit, <laughs> a lot right. of us drove a shitload for work. Mm-hmm. You know, I commuted, oh, yeah. uh, anywhere from 20 to 45 minutes, depending on traffic, um, each way. So mm-hmm. a lot of time in a car uh, every day. So that's 40 to an hour and a half a day, right? Let's call it on the low end. So 40 minutes a day times five days a week. It's, you know, that's a good chunk of your, your, your life. You know, you spend it yeah, in, in and around your vehicle. That's not counting trips to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. 
to the mall, vacations, whatever. Yeah, We're always yeah. in vehicles or right. around them, parking lots, you know. Right. So I, I really, I that really resonated with me, and I liked these all about the data and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's all I got. You know, I hope you guys found this uh, enlightening. Um, I, I certainly did, and I really try to use this kind of stuff to strive to make personal improvements. Um, got anything? Yeah. <laughs> P- parting words. <laughs> take care of your health. <laughs> that that was a big one for me in 2020. I mean, I, yeah, I, man. I, I, you know, I, I had a diseased you. organ and like, it's not like it was a fucking choice. Um, but what? The, you, know, you what? didn't choose to go through that. <laughs> but the point I'm making is take care of your health. You know, it, yeah. if that means, uh, eating a salad instead of fried chicken for a meal oh, okay. or something. Okay, fine. If that means going for yeah. a jog, Knocking out some push-ups. And, and to that point, Whatever. that whole, I know I made fun of it, but that whole new year, new me thing, like, yeah, as stupid as it is, take advantage. You know, for me this year, stress management. Yeah. Stress is huge for all of us, and it's only worse right now because of COVID. Yeah. when During 2020, more than half of the year, I was so sick that I couldn't defend my family. Yeah. I, I couldn't even defend myself. Yeah, and that's... I, I, was, I was too physically ill and that's tough to deal with because then it goes past the physical part right because right. then it starts wearing on you mentally mm-hmm. and we talked a lot before this i mean my stresses were different than yours and and ours are gonna be different than the next person's you know but i guess what i'm getting is everybody's got shit going on right, right? so right. um and i talked about this around thanksgiving too about trying to maintain a positive uh mental state of mind and it that's probably one of the hardest things to do honestly especially in a world so full of like technology and information where all you ever hear is the bad things um that's uh, this podcast shooting hanging out with sam this is like these are like positive you know positive uh, vibes man. positive vibes positive points in my life so you know focus on that stuff and um you know like i was saying hopefully you guys got something positive out of this episode mm-hmm. and enjoy it man like do it if you're if you're not having fun you're doing it wrong yeah right that's a we hear that all the time when we were drumming so um I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, you know, I actually had a lot of fun um, digging into this, and it was something that I was excited that me and Sam could get together and talk about. Um, and and now you know you're on the mend, and mm-hmm. apparently we have miracle vaccines on the way. So uh, we'll, we'll hopefully see, we'll man. be doing more recording together. And Dude, I swear these vaccines will probably turn people into fucking zombies, and then 2021 will be zombie land. Well, luckily we have <laughs> lots kidding, of but... cinematic evidence <laughs> yeah. on how to deal with those effectively <laughs> yeah. and ineffectively. So uh, that's all we got for you guys. Uh, hopefully this was a good one for you. If you don't already follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, give us a follow on Spotify. Let your friends, family know. Help spread the word. Until next time, get out there, train, don't forget to have fun with it, and as always, be prepared.